This is the SEO Mindset Podcast with your hosts, Sarah McDowell and Tasmin Sullivan. This podcast is for SEO professionals and each week with the help of our wonderful guests, we discuss the important stuff that actually affects our careers and progression, but sadly often doesn't get talked about. You know, the invaluable soft and interpersonal skills that are often taken for granted, such as the skills we need for listening, time management, communication, and more. We also talk about the big issues that affect us and our careers, such as burnout, imposter syndrome, self-belief, saying no, plus other big issues and obstacles. With this podcast, we want to share knowledge on topics that unlock our listeners' true potential and enhance not only their careers, but all parts of their lives. So are you ready to prioritize your own personal growth and career development? Then let's crack on with this week's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the SEO Mindset Podcast with myself, Tasman Suleiman, and today I have a wonderful guest with us, Joe Juliana Turnbull, also known as SEO Joe Blogs. Now, she has so much going on in her life. Joe is a freelance marketing consultant in Barcelona. She's also an organizer for Search London. And recently, to add to all of that, has set up her own limited company called Turn Global. That is a lot going on in your life. Tell me more. Tell me more about Turn Global. What's all that about? I've not heard anything about this. Well, thank you very much, Tasman, and thank you for having me on the the podcast today. I've really enjoyed uh, watching how it grows um, and listening to some of the episodes that you and Sarah have. So, uh, yeah, Turn Global. So I've recently set this up in Spain. It's in Societa Limitada, which is a limited company here. And I set it up uh, because I've been working freelance off and on for about 12 years. I did it in the UK. I went to Australia, some Australian as well, even though I don't sound it. Um, and then I moved to Spain and I have set that up there and basically what turn global does is it offers seo consultancy so it's either offering seo consultancy as in someone to help you um, provide advice and guidelines for seo in general or the second area is actually doing the implementation as well so i have and i do work with uh, different agencies and also different clients in a variety of capacities and that's all under now the the turn global brand i did have a turn Digi, which was the online event that promotes entrepreneurs, rising talent, and has speakers from all over the world. And that I did run in during the pandemic in 2020, and we had some great uh, speakers attend. And I hope to uh, launch that back up in 2023. So with, with so much going on, and, you know, in freelancing, you've got that freedom in a way to do lots of things. And that also requires you to have a certain skill set, one of which is boundary setting, which is what we're going to talk about today. And I would imagine that you are an expert at setting boundaries and have got lots and lots of advice. And I'm actually looking forward to, to listening to what you've got to say, because I'm sure I'm definitely going to learn things today. So tell me, let's let's start off with how important is it to set boundaries? 
this is as important as having a balanced diet or um, getting out and getting enough exercise. We should all eat better and sleep longer, but you know we don't always because it's always quicker to to grab uh, something that's already made food wise, mm-hmm. full of preservatives. Or um, you have so much going on that you kind of cut that sleep um, from, well, the sleep hours from your schedule. But setting boundaries really does help to minimize stress. And it gives you also time to focus on what's important to you, both at work and in your personal life. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess um, it's it's very common then when you are taking on more and more to then the impact to be felt to your own health, like you mentioned, the sleep, the food, and it then has an impact on stress levels. And this week being National Stress Awareness Week as well, there's been so much being talked about um, about it on that topic. So, all right, supposing somebody doesn't set them or doesn't set them very well, what's the impact going to be on someone's career, someone's life? With regards to your career, it could mean that you work on weekends, you work long hours during that week, um, so that you don't have those fun things to do for yourself or give yourself the downtime. It also means that you know, if you are close to in proximity to your um, family and friends, uh, you don't have time to meet them. If you have moved to a new city, Uh, or maybe you're traveling for work and you're just working all the time, you don't actually get the opportunity to explore that new city, which is a bit of a waste uh, opportunity. If you um, don't sort of set these boundaries, it could mean that um, you end up at work, you know, sometimes taking on more jobs, so more different tasks. You may think that you're being helpful. So, for example, uh, this may happen also to people that are, I think, um, when they're young, they're, you know, everyone's supposed to yeah, dig in and, you know, get involved in lots of different things and be shown, seen as enthusiastic. So uh, I'm just taking this from my own experience of people that I've seen when they're younger, too. I'm sure this happens at any age, but I'm just talking about it from this, from what I've seen. So you're a marketing assistant. You, know, you really want to grow in your marketing department um, then there's like an event taking place at your company so you help you know organize the event it's not your job you're you're doing marketing you're helping with the marketing manager you're doing seo you're doing some paid search ads but you're actually getting stuff ready to help for this event uh, sometimes you might be on reception as well helping people to get in because maybe they don't have an events assistant, there's maybe an event manager, and that person needs your help. So you're doing that. uh, And maybe you also help to sort of get some of the lunches in, you might do that once you might do that a few more times as well. Uh, And then people might start to see you as a type of admin assistant, of course, nothing wrong with that. But you're the fact is you're spreading yourself out too thin that when it comes to promotions, or when it comes to, oh, what does this person do? What does Sarah do or um, Rob do? Oh, well, I've seen him, you know, do a lot of this stuff with reception. I'm sure seen him also sometimes, you know, helped out in the accounts department. But yeah, actually, I'm not quite sure what he does. And therefore, you might risk the opportunity of not being promoted when that, that happens. 
because people don't know exactly what you're doing. And because you're spreading yourself out too thin, you're not able to focus on the job at hand. But when we take this not setting boundaries to life, um, it means you don't have time for yourself. So um, you need to obviously spend that time. Downtime is important as uptime. And I also want to emphasize the fact that this expression, you deserve a break. Everyone should have a break. It's not something to deserve. So everyone should have downtime. So if um, you're not setting your boundaries in your personal life, it mean may mean that you're constantly, you know, uh, on edge. You're constantly chasing things. So, for example, if you're, um, uh, let's say, personal boundaries. So it could be in terms of how people treat you. So maybe you're always the one organizing things with family or friends, or maybe you're always the one hosting in your house. So you're always clearing the mess left by others. Or maybe you're always the person that if someone says, hey, are you available for coffee? You're always there for them. And you're kind of, you give good advice. And maybe sometimes people use you as a trauma dumping type of ground. And when you need advice from these people or when you're waiting for invites or when you want someone else to organize something, you're not getting that. So that can be a little bit of sort of boundaries, but also people are not quite respecting your time. And then the old adage, if, you know, if you're not going to respect your own time, don't expect other people to respect it. So it's your responsibility don't wait for anyone to say, oh, you must be tired, have a rest, or oh, you hosted five times at your house, let's do it. It is about you taking that ownership yourself. Exactly. So that's it. With work and with personal life, you need to set your own boundaries, because if you don't, then other things will creep in. Yeah, definitely. And, and I really liked what you said about in the early stages of your career, it's very easy to get um, you know, enthusiastic and want to get stuck in. But even if it's your own manager who knows what your job is, he knows or she knows what your responsibilities are, appreciates that enthusiasm initially, but after a while they themselves will think, why are they spending so much time in accounts? Why are they spending so much time in events is it because they're not taking this role seriously so even though they will know exactly what you have done and what you haven't done when it comes to promotion they won't recognize you as somebody who's passionate about your own your own core role yeah that is correct and I'm you know I've been in situations similar to that where yeah you know I know a lot of people and I've helped other people out uh, especially in terms of accounts and chasing um, invoices helping but in the end I had said like no I said that I was actually quite stressed like you never helped me with my job I can't do this for you you can just pick up the phone or you can email oh but you're so good at it no no, no. Mm -hmm. I can't do this for you so um, it's really it's a really fine balancing act and I think that's really hard for people starting out in any new job I would say mm -hmm. but I think just from my experience I've seen a lot with young people because people can take advantage of young people a lot. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so Joe, that brings me to um, the next question. We've all been guilty of, or most of us have been guilty of people pleasing. Why do you think people find it so hard to say no? 
people find it so hard to say no because everyone wants to be liked. We all like praise. We like being told how good we are. We want to do well and be respected. And sometimes we think that if we say yes to something, that person you're saying yes to will be more happy with us and respect us in return, respect us more. For work, you're probably hoping for a promotion or wider recognition outside of your team. In your personal life, if you're saying yes to things, you know, hosting parties all the time, always being the organizer, you were hoping that that would lead to a reciprocal agreement of someone inviting you to an exclusive club or um, inviting you to their house or inviting you to different parties or uh, inviting you to, to do other events with you. But that's not always the case. You know, uh, a people pleaser, you're thinking you're going down a two-way road, a dual carriageway, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's a, it's a single lane. Yeah, yeah. And it's that lack of confidence, isn't it? When you start a new job, you want people to like you, you're likely to say yes to everyone's request in the hope that you'll build those relationships. But it's um, it's a slippery slope. Yes, correct. It is a slippery slope mm -hmm. because, yeah, everybody wants to be liked. And especially if you are in a new job maybe you're not as confident in a specific role you've changed careers perhaps or you're young or you're just new to the to that industry so you want to try and build allies mm. um, and sometimes you can say yes too often yeah i guess it can also be true if you've been promoted so you've been in a company you've being promoted after a couple of years, you're mixing with a different level of people now. Again, then, though it's not a, you're not new to the organization, you're new to that level of leadership or whatever. I'd imagine that would also be the case then. Yeah, I think that can sometimes happen because if we go back to the lack of confidence, if you think that maybe you're not good enough for that promotion, then you may want to overcompensate. Yeah. Uh, I think if you've been in a company for a couple of years and you've been able to be aware and read other people's behavior and their, be able to read the surroundings, mm -hmm. I would hope that you would learn from that and see how that interaction is and then be at a better place when you get promoted to be able to keep, I would say, your job role within your four walls or guarded mm -hmm. you don't get out of that sort of area rather than if you were fresh into that new company yeah it's reminded me of a line one of the people I coach she is a business analyst in quite a large firm and she has a lovely demeanor um, recently when she's been asked to take on more responsibilities her response has been I would love to do that for you Mark what is it you would like me not to do so she's not saying no to him. She's saying, yes, absolutely. I would really love to do that. But what do you want me to, to drop? And that's helped her. That one line has really helped her at work. Yeah, I agree. That's a really good one. Um, I've had one that I've used before. Like, yes, I can do that. Uh, the, however, if you could help me with some of the priorities, because we said X, Y, and Z were priority one, two, and three. Therefore, if I'm doing um, 
task A, how does that fit into the priorities? Yeah. Or you could say, as uh, your um, business analyst person said, you know, I'd really like to do that for you, uh, but you know, I, I need to, I can't do everything as uh, as great as if, I can't do everything. I think the way she said it was great, you know, because the thing is you can't do everything and deliver quality of work. So you say, yes, I'm working on these three pieces of work. What would you like me to not work on so that I could take on this other task? Yeah. Maybe um, I think I'm going to write this line of hers down and then use it myself. And I guess something that's just popped into my head, if you're asked to do something, you feel that there's one of two answers, either to say no or to say yes. And actually there aren't. There are other ways to answer it, like your example of, you know, help me with the priorities, like this lady's answer of, yes, I'd love to do that. What would you like me not to do? So that's... that's um, a good reminder for me as well. That's been really great, Joe. How about we take a break and come back and we'll carry on talking about this great topic. Sounds good. Thank you. Hi, Sarah here from the SEO Mindset. Just a quick reminder that if you do enjoy the podcast and what me and Tasman are doing, you can support by donating as little as £5 to us via our Buy Me A Coffee page. Just head on over to the theseomindset.co.uk forward slash donate. There will be a link to that page in this episode's show notes. And also, we'd love it if you shared our podcast with others. The more listeners we get, we can continue to find awesome guests to join us for episodes and talk about important topics. So the next time you are listening to an episode and think someone would enjoy, tell them. Open up the episode in your app, find the share button, and you will be able to copy the link to the episode and send it to them via WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, Slack. There's so many ways that you can help us spread the word. Okay, welcome back, everyone. We are talking about boundaries. We're with Joe, SEO Joe Blogs. So we've had a really great chat so far about um, you know the importance of boundaries and why people find it so difficult to say no. All right, supposing somebody has decided I'm going to be different about it now. How do you set effective boundaries? To set effective boundaries. You really, need, you really need to know, you know, what you want out of life, both in your professional life and in your personal life. I know that sounds kind of corny, but if you don't know what you want, how can you protect your own interests and dedicate time to them without someone else sort of taking that time away? So um, for work, have a goal of what you want to achieve for that year. So it could be if you're working for a company to be promoted um, you want to be that main person people come to asking for help in a respectful way, of course. Uh, look at where that energy that you have is going and the time. And if it's not helping you in, you know, the direction that you want. So to get this promotion, that's a, that's a very clear indication. For me, I would see that energy is something that's um, in like a bottle, like a bottle of water. And you can't you have to hold on to it really tightly. You don't want to drop any of that on something that could be wasted. So think about if you're, again, working for a company, you're probably working 
I don't know, six, six billable, five billable hours a day, because you'll have lunch and some breaks and things like that. Um, and you want to make sure you maximize uh, that time. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the, um, this concept, we, we talk so much about time management, but it is really energy management. And these days, before I say yes to anything, I mentally go through, okay, what's my return on investment on this? Because Exactly. And not even in work. In my free in my free time as well in my social life, if do I really want to hang out with those people? Is that what I need right now, or do I need a quiet night at home? And it's being really um, quite quite strict about how you expend that time, expend that energy. Yes, when, um, yeah, correct. So I was so sorry. I was just going to say something. Um, so back to the work to help people for like an example for work. Yeah. Um, one way of keeping your energy at work and focusing on your tasks is if people are always inviting you to meetings, there's no clear agenda, you're not needed in the meeting, mm -hmm. you know, don't go to that. There was a very good presentation at Brighton SEO about how to have effective meetings and you need to have proper agendas and someone needs to actually have a part in that meeting to be valid, to be worth, you know, the invite. And um, for personal time, yes, it's correct what you said. You know, you need to see, okay, this four hours in my free time in the evening, let's just say, or two hours in the morning, four in the afternoon or evening, whatever. You need to see, okay, um, how, how best do I want to use that time, you yeah. know? And then don't do too much in your free time for one activity. So some people maybe exercising all the time and dedicating too much hours into that some people always want to go party so they're drinking too much but these types of things do affect you in work as well because you're going to be constantly tired yeah yeah absolutely and it's a really good point that you made about the meeting and going on from what we discussed earlier when you're new to a company when you're new to a role sometimes you feel like by attending those meetings you are being recognized as important, but actually if you have no role in that meeting, nothing to contribute, nothing to gain, it's just wasting your time. Yes, exactly. And I think before it was seen as rude to decline, decline a meeting, but I think nowadays it's seen as, um, well, you know, you guys don't need me. Um, I don't have anything to say, so it's fine. I mean, you think about it, if you get invited to, you know, to two or three meetings a day, that could be three hours. You know, if you think about your billable time or your productivity is five to six hours, that's half your day. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, um, I, I didn't get to attend that talk at Brighton. Do you think the meetings culture is getting any better or is it getting worse in, in industry? Yeah, that one's a hard one because, you know, I work, uh, I work with an agency. I work with some other clients too. Uh, the agency that I work with is very good. We don't have meetings for the sake of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it depends on the company that you work for. So in my example, you know, we'll have um, a meeting and there will be an agenda for it, you know, and people that are working on that project will come to it. People that are not will, will not be attending. So it does come from the company itself. So I think a survey 
would be kind of like good to see, you know, how many meetings do you take, do you uh, attend a week or how many hours do you attend a week in meetings? That would be quite interesting one to find out on a Twitter poll or, mm-hmm. or, or, or just a random or a, a Google form or survey. Yeah. In my line of work with coaching, so my meetings are my job, you know, a big chunk of my job. And it's a really fine balance between giving the client long enough to speak and feel comfortable and relaxed enough to say everything that they need to say. But at the same time, if you allow that to be too long, then it just becomes a chat. And you do need to have that focused 10 minutes at the beginning or five minutes at the beginning saying, okay, what is it you want to work on today? What would in your mind what would mean that you've moved on to the place where you want to move on to so the structure regardless of the conversation that structure is so important so i agree with what you're saying about agenda thank you yeah so what tips would you give sorry would you be able to give someone to um to help them set healthy boundaries in order to help someone uh set these healthy boundaries I'd actually go back to doing some things offline so get an A4 sheet of paper fold them in half on one of the sides write work and on the other one write personal and then write six things that you want to achieve at work and um, six things you want to achieve in your personal life and just think about how much time will that involve so if we go with our personal life considering you have maybe four hours for yourself. And this is <clears throat> this is based on the fact that maybe your kids are older, you don't have kids, so you, you don't need to babysit them all the time. Um, so let's say you want to do one thing, learn a language, okay? Mm-hmm. You want to be by a certain level by the end of 12 months. So how long would that take you? Okay, that might take six to eight hours a week. Then write down some of the five other activities you might want to do outside of work. What could that be? So perhaps the second one could be keeping fit. So that how many hours is that a week? That probably I would say that's, for me, I would do four times a week. But mm-hmm. if you go to the gym or go to an outdoor exercise class, you got to think about it. It's three hours each one, right? Because maybe half an hour, 45 minutes to get there, half an hour to get back, change and all that. Then you want to also have another thing is building relationships. So either seeing friends or if you're in a new city or a new town, make some new connections. Uh, maybe a fourth one is uh, you might want to be going to some shows that are in the city or comedy shows so you can meet these new friends. Um, and then, you know, another one could be perhaps, you know, time for you and your family. And then another one after that could be time for you and your partner or, or time for you to find a partner in crime. Mm-hmm. So that's already a lot of hours. In actual fact, um, you won't be able to squeeze them all in, in the evenings and the weekends. You also, I wouldn't want to schedule this in, but you do need to have your seventh point as, okay, nothing to, nothing to do. I'm, I'm free. Mm-hmm. So six activities, this is, this is quite a lot. So what I would actually say is maybe pick, out of those six, three that you want to focus on for six months, see how that goes. And then um, do that as review that for six months and then uh, do another three for work. You could apply the same. 
So have your day as blocks of time, but think of it as blocks of time of six hours because you do need to give yourself some time for lunch and some breaks in between. And those breaks could also be about, you know, having conversations with your other work colleagues, building up those relationships. It could also be a bit of time about, you know, um, well, yeah, just discovering, you know, different different parts of the company if you're you're, if you're new. Um, so there's not really much time if you think about six hours for work, if that's all the work that you're supposed to do, but then you want to learn something else within that time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that might have to go into your personal life. So you've already got six things in your personal life, so one has to go. Yeah. So it can be tricky. Yeah. And then there's also, I mean, you talked about your personal life, you know, time with friends, time doing this, time doing this. And I would argue even time just being with yourself. So if you want to journal, if you want to um, meditate, if you want to do all of these things that are so great for your own mental health, which is why I guess there are so many people now getting up a little bit earlier, going to bed earlier, getting up a little bit earlier and doing a lot of that reflection time early in the morning yes that is the reflection time is very important and actually I do write a journal I've been doing it since I was like 13 my sister started when she was eight Mm -hmm. or when we were eight because we're the same age and um I like to write down nice memories nothing Mm -hmm. if I had a bad day I don't really write that down I'm being honest but I just don't want to remember everything so the journal is also my sister does too because it releases and you don't have to releases some sort of stress in the in in your head you don't have to be thinking about things all the time you put it on paper okay and then you forget about it so i really recommend actually yeah keeping a journal and and just doing the things that happened that day anything nice that you're feeling if you of course if you're feeling sad write that down but uh, when I say I don't write negative things, it's like I don't like to write negative things about different people or about um, sort of bad behaviors. I, I like to just try and keep it like positive. Yeah. I read somewhere recently that um, keeping a journal and writing the nice stuff is your chance to relive it, which I thought was a beautiful way of summing it up. Yeah, that's totally fine uh, because I don't know if you realized it, but I, I remember actually when I was walking to school one day that I was forgetting my childhood memories. And I just remember when I read the BFG, The Big Friendly Giant by Roald Dahl, he had these balls of memory or dreams in his cupboard. Yeah. And I wish that I could have these memories in a cupboard that I could look at later. Oh, wow. um, but um, you can't remember everything. So writing a journal helps to yes go back to that time and and relive some of those moments yeah absolutely you're so true so true there well I feel like we've really covered a lot on this very big topic so what would you like um, people to take home from today's session what are the key things well the key thing I would like to everyone to take home is the fact that time it is something that we cannot get back yeah so use it wisely do not give your time away easily to others or to an activity without thinking about what you will get in return Um, because giving it away could potentially negatively affect something else you may want to do with that time and 
I'm not saying that you should always um, think about, oh, what am I going to get back? Mm-hmm. But I do think, especially now, post-COVID, we do need to think a little bit more about, okay, if I'm doing this, what am I not doing? You know? Absolutely, yeah. Because you are saying no to something. Exactly. Which one to say yes. No, that's that's really great advice. Um, I saw this book, I think it was yesterday, that um, I think it's called something like 4,000 Weeks, that on average most people have 4,000 weeks. And I was I was looking in their life and I was looking, calculating my own, and I was thinking, well, I've only got about 1,000 left. What am I going to do with my 1,000 weeks? But it, it's not so much... What am I going to get back in a selfish, horrible way? It is, it, you you have to get something because what you don't want, imagine you'd been invited to a party and you say yes to them because you don't want to say no, but you don't really want to go. Well, if I was the host of that party, I don't want people to come when they don't want to be there. So be, be really careful about what you say yes to. Um, I also wanted to ask you, question we ask all of our um, guests this on a broader topic what's the best bit of career advice that you've been given the best bit of career advice I've been given is actually to to have a mentor Mm -hmm. you know it it took me a while to to get one Um, my dad was my mentor for a long time but he's a bit too I suppose biased because yeah. he's a corporate corporate guy and I'm self-employed or run my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the mentorship one helped me a lot because there was um, one element of it that I had never thought about. We did something called Clifton Strengths, and that actually assesses your strengths mm-hmm. and it's a personality test based on 34 traits. And when you do that, you can see what you're good at. And then if you build on what becomes, what are your five strengths, they become your talents. You can actually become much stronger in those elements. So it's a different way of looking at yourself because when you were probably younger, people have said, oh, you're not very good at this. You need to improve. Whereas the Clifton strengths is different. It says, oh, you're naturally good at these areas. I'm now going to help you improve on this. And this is becoming become your talent. And with that, your confidence grows. That's a really good piece of advice. In fact, the episode of the podcast that's gone out this week is on mentorship and how to find a mentor, how to become a mentee and all of the benefits that both sides gain from it. That's really great. And lastly, one last question. Where can people find you online? They can find me at SEO Joe Blogs on Twitter, or I am in Jay Turnbull on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm also on my own website, SEO Joe Blogs, but Twitter is Twitter's the best. Okay, good. Because everyone's got their own preferred platform, so that was going to be my next question, <laughs> which is the best way. But Twitter, you say, yeah? Well, yeah, I, I do say Twitter, but then, of course, all these mm, things happening in the news recently – um, yeah. you know, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Jay Turnbull. There's not that many of us. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for being our guest today. It's been a great conversation. Lots of great advice. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you to you and Sarah for running this, um, 
running this podcast has been really great and uh yeah i've really enjoyed meeting both of you now in person and uh, i look forward to more of your sessions and um, and have you heard our catchphrase this has been one of sarah's ideas to have a podcast catchphrase in fact, I haven't yet. Okay, well, you, you're in for a treat. In fact, this is the first time I'm saying it all on my own. I usually have Sarah with me. So we're going to end with our catchphrase. And it's a, a pledge, pledge. Sarah's saying it's a pledge. Um, I'm an SEO who prioritizes mindset and personal growth and not just for rankings, improving visibility and algorithms. So there you go. I like that one, Tasman and Sarah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks very much. Bye.